got to live a life that has opened for possibilities that you don't limit yourself and you don't put yourself in a box and say, this is only what's going to happen for me. No, you got to say all these things are possible for me. I just got to go get it and go do it. Hello, and welcome to the Method Supply Podcast. Intentional conversations with incredible humans sharing their daily method. This week, Kaipo sits down with entrepreneur Paul Kadavos. Paul is absolutely stoked about what life has to offer. On this episode, Paul shares his approach toward an independent life for his family and his future. We hope you enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Method Supply Podcast. I am your host, Kaipo Sotelo, and I am here with one of my oldest friends in South Carolina. We actually met back home in Guam. He came out on a summer mission team that went to my high school. He's basically an older brother to me. His name is Paul Cadavos. What's up, Paul? What's up, Kaipo? Super, super, super pumped to be here. Yeah, man. Like You have made an impact in my life. I was in high school when I met you and you were in college. And like we kind of hit it off, like both Filipinos that can jump pretty high, love basketball, and just so stoked about life. And I remember immediately resonating that with you because honestly, to this day, eight years later, not not much has changed. Nah. You're still the most excited person I know, ready to get after in whatever ever you do. And that's something about Paul that I've always admired because he keeps that same energy, at least outwardly, and. Can, even though he goes through different things within himself, he, I think, talks out loud and speaks that energy into his own life. That way he can feed off of it as well as give it to other people. So um, I'm really excited to talk about Paul and I'm so glad to welcome you to the show, brother. I appreciate um, it, Kaipo. Your words are very, very gracious. Thank you so much. Uh, absolutely, bro. Um, so you ready to jump in? Let's do it. All right. So Paul, would you mind introducing yourself to the method supply audience definitely definitely so my name first of all is paul edward on facebook it's juliano cadavos um that's just Mm -hmm. a filipino side of me i grew up in the philippines my mom was american Uh, my dad's filipino and so i claim i'm american filipino italian i spent (laughs) 18 years of my life in the philippines and uh i loved every single second of it and then i transitioned coming over here to the u.s um coming to college um just kind of flying through the broad perspective of it all, but I uh, came to college, um, felt like I was leading towards ministry. So I took, uh, I took some Bible classes and tried to get to become a youth pastor. And I magically crammed four years into five, um, <laughs> played way too much basketball freshman year and oh my super goodness. distracted. Um, I hear that. And I just, I don't know, man, I just, I, I made it work. And uh, five years later, after starting college, I found out I was graduating 20, about 20, one hours before commencement, <laughs> the um, I was literally in the registrar's office. Um, I had I was engaged to my my fiance, which is now my wife, um, and my parents had flown from the Philippines to come join the graduation, but they didn't know if I was graduating or not. <laughs> so everything was on the line: my marriage, future marriage, graduation, my parents' approval, whatever. Like. And my sister, basically, I had to call my sister, like after I found out I was graduating, she was like, so um, should I drive down three hours and see you? Or are you going to walk? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> super stoked about that. Um, college happened, uh, graduated, got married to my beautiful wife, had several job transitions, uh, learned a lot um, and started to open up my mind to different options and different avenues of life. Um, 
helped out in the youth ministry area for about three years. Uh, that was fun. Um, was not my primary occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I just started building a business on the side that we've, you know, kind of just pushed ourselves towards and really beginning to learn personal growth and perspective on life. Uh, fast forward to where I'm now. Um, right now I'm currently technically still employed at BMW North America and uh, manufacturing, but I'm about to quit that. Um, yeah, work full time. And so now what I do, what I consider what people ask me, well, what do you do? I say, I'm number one, a husband, number two, a father. And that's what I do. Mm. And that, that I remember you saying something to me when we were, you were explaining to me your, your idea of why you wanted to end up quitting your full time job. And you posted something on your Instagram and like you told the whole story. But I remember one thing that really stuck out was that was that you are on this earth. And you are given the, the by the grace of God the ability to be that husband and to be that father. Yes, I know that family is so important to you, and just because like we resonate with that together, I think it was the Definitely. culture that we grew up in. Uh huh. But, um, what about being a father and a husband leads you to want to quit your job? So, to me, it's all about legacy. And the legacy that my parents have left me um, Mm. and have given me to continue on um, for them and for myself and then projecting forward to my future kids um, and my family around me. So I realized that the most important things in life are the things that are really close to you. And the people really close to me in my heart are primarily my wife and my daughter and then my Mm. family and then my friends uh, and then a broad part of part away from that. Um, just going, just spreading all the way out to whoever I meet in the street, you know? Um, and I realized that when I'm tied down to a nine to five job and we're not saying that this is like what everyone should do. I'm not saying, I'm not condemning people to have a nine to five job, but for me personally, when I'm at a nine to five job, my time is dedicated to that job and I don't have the freedom to do things with my family and put my family as priority. And that's just the culture. Like you said earlier, the culture that we grew up in. Uh, Filipino culture is that family is number one and I always want to keep them number one and I always want to put them number one and nothing else comes in front of that. And so that's why I really push hard to be able to come home from a nine to five job to be able to work from home so that my family takes priority over even my needs. And I think it's a crazy perspective when you think about like what you were doing for your last full-time job with BMW. You were working night shifts, so it wasn't even a nine to five. It was like a what, like a seven to seven or seven to like seven. That. Basically, it's... I was I was gone. I'd had to leave the house around six fifteen, and I would get back around seven. So it's kind of like a six to seven at most. Goodness gracious! And you within that staying in shape and being a great husband, and a great father, like you wanted to be. Um, I want you to rewind it a little bit, okay? Because you said you did a lot of stuff right there. In two minutes, you explained pretty much your whole life journey very succinctly, which makes me think that you've done it before. But um, the idea is, like, you kind of jumped around. Like, you weren't doing the specific, you know, A leads to B leads to C leads to D. You kind of, like, jumped around. You said change jobs a bunch. You kind of mentioned something about running your own business. Can you explain to me what it is you do now and why and what made it possible for you to get to where you are now so i mean if i want to just surmise uh, a broad summary of like the jobs um when i was in college i started uh lifeguarding 
And then I started landscaping in college. Um, and during summers, I would landscape. And then after I graduated college, I continued in that one company. Um, it wasn't really working out with that company because it was taking time away from my wife. And I wanted more structured um, time with my wife because we just got mm. married. So I switched yeah. to another local um, company that was more in town. Um, from there, I decided to step away and try to go into sales. And so I switched over to car sales. was there for two weeks and I was told it's ineligible because I could not be insured because I was I hadn't turned 25 yet at that point. Um, mm. So I switched over to motorcycle sales at a luxury motorcycle dealership, which is completely <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah. Because my wife at that time was like, shoot, like, shoot, you like motorcycles. Why not try selling motorcycles? I was like, all right, cool. So around that time as well, uh, my wife and I had been um, diving into a plan B income, which is working on a side uh, job on the side that would bring in income. And that job is really is more of an entrepreneurial role. Um, it's multi-level marketing. Um, but it, it, what it did, the biggest thing it did for us was open our mind to the possibilities of not being tied down to a single paycheck or a double paycheck as we have and having money that comes in and having multiple streams of income to help compensate for the times that like their uh, $500 bill pops up out of nowhere because your car broke down, which happened to me a lot. Yeah. That's gracious. Love that thing. Um, but basically, so like that started opening my mindset to like, what does my personal growth look like? What does my growth in uh, in front of God's eyes look like? Like how am I nurturing that relationship with God? How am I nurturing my relationship with my wife? Like it started to get more and more complex to where I like, like you said earlier, I, it feels like I've said it a lot because I'm very retrospective. I look back on my life. I see what's happened and I can, I can trace the steps. A lot of people look like I'm jumping around all over the place, like landscaping to selling motorcycles to um, working in a plant and like on the side being entrepreneurial and whatnot. Um, and it looks like it's jumping around a lot. But to me, there's a lot of ebb and flow of the whole thing. And sometimes like what the next step isn't very clear. But when it like to me, when it was clear, it was very, very clear that that's the next step I need to take. Mm -hmm. And so um, after, so while doing all that, um, last year I switched over after selling motorcycles for about three years, I decided to switch that out. Cause uh, it kind of got a little uneasy at the motorcycle dealership it was, things weren't lining up right to how I would like it to be. So, um, I decided to shift and take another mm -hmm. sidestep. Um, sure. that's the important thing is always taking sidesteps and not taking steps back. Sometimes you need to take a step back, but for us, for me, it was a sidestep. Um, and then our business that we'd built for five years had tanked um, because the company changed the compensation plan. Mm. So we pivoted again um, and found another company um, that seemed to be work out well. So we started building it up while I was learning how to become um, a BMW manufacturing associate. On top of that, I also promised my mother-in-law to start real estate. And so <laughs> I started real estate classes and finished all that. And so where I'm right now, um, I'm quitting my BMW job. I'm going to be able to come home full time to, like I said, be father and husband. And then um, we work on my e-commerce business. That's an online business that we found that's really, really awesome. And then put more time into real estate and get into real estate investments. And then from here on out, building other businesses and multiple streams of income. Beautiful. Very, very well put. And it is a zigzag and like all over the place career path quote unquote but th that was in what the last five years yes right yeah five years in the grand scheme is such a short amount of time and the way that you live you and anna live your life your wife um with your beautiful baby daughter um you both are 
pushing each other toward a singular goal. And not rather even a singular goal, but a literal board of goals. I remember going to your house like for the first time. And one of the early things that I remember seeing was this board of sticky notes. <laughs> and this board of sticky notes was literally everything that you two wanted to get done in the next however long. Yes. And then I came back this summer after moving back to Greenville and a lot of those had X's like it takes two lines to make an X. It essentially like it was a symbolic thing in my own head because it seemed like Anna wrote one and you wrote the other X and you teamwork and brought yourself to this point where you're all in kind of thing. Um, so I want to shift the conversation to goals. So you had a very, ping pong, pinball, bounce around type career path up to this point, what would you say to someone that says, dude, aren't you worried about having too many goals? What I would say to that is, I mean, first of all, if they're looking at the ping pong and career paths, I'm saying like, it doesn't matter. Like career paths change. Career paths can have downfalls. And like, you could be on a career path that you think is set, and it just flies out of the blue and just disappears. And mm. you got to learn how to pivot. And so as far as the goals, man, I have to, I have to definitely give a shout out to my wife. She is um, very, very important in my life. A very solid rock in you my guys, life. You guys compliment each other so well. Yes. It's just like, the, yeah, you're, you're, the, you're the fire that burns and she's the engine that goes. And she's a brain. I, I have to say, she's, she's a lot of the brain. Uh, just like I'm the, I'm, like you said, I'm the fuel that like the jet fuel, almost nitrous explosion. Um, but as far as our goals, man, like we both each had things that we want to do in our life. We both have things that we really want to focus on and we really want to get done. And that we know that um, it was an analogy. So like a couple of years back, we went to this um, leadership seminar and they were saying like, and for reference to goals, like you put one horse to tug a whole, like, let's say just random, like 3000 pounds, right? A horse mm. pulling 3000 pounds. One horse can pull 3000 pounds. Cool. Right. If you put cool. two horses on that, they can pull up to 18 to 21,000 pounds. It's mm. literally exponential. And so as far as our goals, like we have some massive goals on our board and we're not afraid of, we're not afraid to have massive goals. If you're going to have, if you don't have massive goals in your life that scare you, you need to check your perspective and your mindset. Um, but when, when going after those goals, like we just know, like together we're unstoppable. I mean, like me by myself, I'm, I'm a force to be reckoned with. My wife is definitely a force to be reckoned with, <laughs> but together, like we are just unstoppable and whatever we write up there, it's going to get crossed out. Like it's only a matter of time. And that's the thing. Like, like you said, five years is so such a small amount of time, but so much can change in five years. It's, mm. it's just literally crazy. Yeah. It, the the amount of stuff that you're you're able to accomplish and be able to cross out and the amount of stuff that you still have left dude you're going to have to make new goals here in the next year because it and it it's crazy because when, when people think of goals people think of like a specific career path like I want to be retired at 65 so that means go to college maybe get a master's degree find a job that you stay with save uh, in your 401k for X amount of years until mm -hmm. you're 65 and then you're able to sustain your retirement life until the end of, end of your life, really. Yeah. And then whatever's left over, you leave to your kids. Like yep. that sums up the goals of so many people our age and really from like older generations, that mm -hmm. was the American ideal. Yes. Right. And so 
what would you say to someone like that where you're you're taking a bunch of risks you're not putting from a lot of people's perspective the way you live your life it could look like maybe you're being a little reckless right now what would you answer to that to me i would say that when people talk about like like you said their goals you know 401k yada 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 have this career path I would say that it's almost riskier to put all your eggs in one basket because you're throwing mm. everything in that 401k. You're throwing everything. Like you said 65, but right now it's like the retirement age is 75. Mm. Um, three years ago, really my big mindset change that came to my wife and I about 401k is that um, my wife was in a corporate job at that time mm-hmm. and she had to meet with the um, the guy that, was, that does the uh, retirement, right? And they talked and like whatever, discussing setting up her 401k. And he laughed and he said, ha, you're, you're not going to be able to retire until you're 71. 71. Now, let's, let's just say, let's just say that you live to 100. So you have up to 70 years old to work your entire life, to learn things, to save up, right? And mm-hmm. then you have 30 years of freedom, quote unquote, on a limited budget. Cause you're risk, you have a fixed income when you hit, when you hit your retirement, cause only so much comes out. And if something goes wrong, you have nothing to buffer yourself. Hmm. If something goes wrong with your job, your 401k is gone. If something hmm. goes wrong with your job that you put all your baskets to your career path and you put every single thing in your mind to that path hmm. and it changes or that whole industry disappears. <laughs> Industries can disappear completely because of a, a disruption in the technology. Hmm. And if you put all your chips in that one basket, it's gone. What I'd rather bet on and what I'd rather put my chips on is my effort in where I'm doing, whatever it is. Because mm-hmm. I know, because like what you can control is what your actions are. Hmm. And if you put your actions into whatever you choose to put your actions to, you build it up based on you. If you're in a company, it's not your actions make an impact, but they don't give you, um, they don't give you security. Because that, that whole company could get bought out and then you lose your job or a company has, I mean, just earlier this year, we all saw the effects of COVID and how many people got laid off of that. People that mm-hmm. thought they were secure. And when markets crash, there goes your 401k. Hmm. It's just a little perspective that I like to have of, on life is like, man, <laughs> you got to think of now and you got to think of the future. Like, Live life now because like, what is money? What is your, what is your like salary? Like, what is your time? Time is the number one asset that everyone has that like you can't ever get back or like collect more on. You have no choice when it comes to time. Hmm. You don't. So why, why spend your time building someone else's dream? Because if you're not Hmm. building your own, you're building someone else's. Let that be very, very clear. No, very, that is super clear, man. You get my heart pumping because I believe that to a T. And you need people, right? There, I, I just finished reading Range by um, David Epstein. I think uh-huh. it's David Epstein. But it talks about the different shapes of people and how they all have rules, right? You have the flat-shaped people that know a little bit about a lot of things but don't know like a lot about one thing to make yeah. them actually be able to be effective. Uh-huh. That's the, They're like your run-of-the-mill regular person like kind of just cruising along life. Um, then you have your specialists, right? These are your like, okay, scientists or like accountants that know a craft really, 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 really well in like one area. 
physical therapist. Hey, don't put me in a box, bro. No, um, no. <laughs> but You're a specialist. It's, I, it, but yeah, it's a specialist, right? But those are mm-hmm. I-shaped people, right? Yeah. Um, but he talked about the T-shaped person. And I'm sure you've heard this. Um, a T-shaped person is very good at one thing, right? And and figuring out like, okay, this is my specialty, right? But also branches out and goes to that surface level and knows maybe a little bit deep on a, a bunch of things. That way he can transfer knowledge and think laterally. And when we talk about pivots, that's all I can think of. Because you're thinking like a T-shaped person. Your skill, in my opinion, if I were able to speak into your life, and I am because I'm your friend, um, I think you're one of those people that can instill desire into people. And mm-hmm. that is a that is an unbelievable skill because that goes into real estate. That goes into helping people build their e-commerce sites. That All that is just unbelievable to me because you're able to instill a desire and a passion just by the way you are because you live that life so, so passionately. So um, it reminds me of a bunch of other people we've talked to, but like that's something that I wanted to bring Paul on and really express because he is able to do that, but he also knows about so much in his life. Um, so Paul, I did want to break down your day real quick based on everything you said, right? What does the method behind your madness and it is madness. Talk about this. What does the method behind your madness look like in your daily life? So I will just say this, my, my wife and I choose a word every year for ourselves personally. And my word this year was consistency. And so I like to have consistency in life because I'm very inconsistent. And so I need to have some sort of structure. Right. Um, but this whole year I've been flipping back and forth in between night shift and day shift and night shift, and then daughter not sleeping during day shift. <laughs> and so it's been really, really crazy and it can be easy to get lost in a crazy. So I'm, I'm a little different when it comes to methods. I don't, uh, what I, I try to always set up a consistent pattern of what I do. Right. But what I realized that because of my mind works like a chipmunk, um, I'm just all over the page. And so I just realized my wife, my wife always looks at me as like, you're so like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably ADD and dyslexic and all that other stuff, but whatever. Um, what I choose to do every single day is have three main things, whatever my three main things to complete that day is I make sure those things, those three things get done because mm. you can get so caught up in life and trying to figure out all these other things and then just get completely overwhelmed. So I just try to figure out three different things. Um, the main things though, is I keep focus on every single day as number mm. one, spiritually I'm set up right. Two, emotionally, is that I'm my emotions are in check. Three, physically, I make sure my body is taken care of, eating, sleeping, yada, yada, yada. And four, mm. relationally. And I got to make sure my relationships with other people are doing really well. Um, and I keep those structures. Now, every day it could look different. And I don't have like, say, per set schedule. <laughs> That's one of yeah. the beautiful things about being able to work for yourself is you control your own schedule. Mm. But I don't have a consistent schedule because another thing I'm trying to figure out and yes, they don't have a manual when babies come out, unfortunately. Um, so I also try to figure out like how my kid's sleeping schedule is, how her teething schedule is. When her teeth comes out, her sleep gets all messed up and her nap times are just completely crazy. And so balancing that between what my wife wants to do with her life and what things like, you know, show her love. I try to make sure I'm always making sure and keeping an eye on that every single day. So my schedule is just all over the board. But the consistent thing is. I'm only working on three things one a, a day. I'm only really focusing on three things. Um, whether it's today, hey, I need to clean the back porch. That's my one of my three things. You know, today was also, hey, we're gonna go pick up pumpkins at the pumpkin patch. 
And that was one of the three things today. Another thing, three things today was I had to call one of my leads from real estate and I got all those three things done. And I just keep it simple like that because I just, it's way too easy to get overwhelmed by all the things you have to do. Mm. I completely echo that. And when you're trying to do everything in the world, you'll never have enough time. You'll always be running out of time in a sense. Mm-hmm. And keeping it simple like that, like, hey, if there are three main things I need to get done, right? And none of those things involve scrolling through Instagram. None of those things involve just going to Facebook and Facebook Marketplace and just getting distracted. <laughs> yes. I can maybe do that at the end as a break, right? But mm-hmm. when you can prioritize your three things, you can always add more stuff. So that if you're done by noon, you have a whole afternoon to yourself, you can always add more things to that list. Yes. And I think that your method of having three main things ensures that you get three things done in a day. And if you do that every single day, that's more than a thousand main things that you did in your entire year. Mm-hmm. And you could keep compounding that. I yes. love that. I think it's awesome. Um, so I'm going to kind of change gears a little bit for you, Paul. Um, we've talked a lot about what drives you and what makes what you do worth it in every sense of the matter. But I want to hear an answer specifically from your mouth and what makes this entire entire enterprise really is the best word to describe what you're doing, the enterprise of the Kadava house. What makes that way of living worthwhile in your life? There's many ways to answer that, but the number of thing that pump, comes into my mind is the legacy of intentionality hmm. um, and just being intentional with what you have. Because like I look back on my, what my family has, my family has, and like we came from very humble beginnings. My parents mm-hmm. were missionaries. We didn't really have much, um, but they passed on everything that they could to me and they're continu- my dad is continuing to do so. Um, and just the legacy that they leave me and the legacy that I get to continue and leave for my kids in the future. Like I said, um, the whole enterprise is built off that I'm, I'm in this world to make an impact and I really want to impact a million lives, but I can only do that one, one day at a time. And so when I'm building all this up, I keep in mind, like number one family, make sure my family's taken care of. And number two, other people are taken care of. I am a includer is one of my strengths. Um, Per the Cliff, Cliff's um, Clifton Strengths Finder test, I don't know if you guys have ever taken it. I highly recommend it. But I'm an includer, and I want to make sure that everyone's taken care of, and everyone's on the same boat, and everyone's riding the train, and everyone's having fun. Um, and that's why it ties into my being able to be a visionary and be able to share that with other people. And so I really want to make sure that for generations, my family is taken care of, and that mm-hmm. is why I'm building this enterprise. What's What's the biggest goal for the enterprise? Like, what if you're going to call it? Um, in in a sentence or in so many words, what, what what's the goal? I mean, I would say generational wealth because mm. I know that like if I can impact and make a super solid foundation like my parents have made for have given me, if I can do that for myself and for my kids, I know that they're gonna impact millions and millions of lives. Like mm. for me, I only want to impact a million. They're gonna impact multi million towards a billion because it's just gonna keep spreading. And mm. when you have that mindset set up. And you pass it on to your kids because generational wealth isn't just about money. It's about knowledge. It's about wisdom and passing it all down. That's why we do these podcasts. That's why we record videos and pass on pictures and tell historical knowledge to our kids because, and to people farther down the lo- road is because like you want to pass that on to keep going farther and farther and keep growing upon what you already have. And you're taking the opportunity that you were given and then providing that and paying it forward 
in the life yes. that you're literally living right now. I yes. love that. It's such a beautiful way to put a, a mission to life, really, because that generational wealth goes beyond money. It goes beyond just like being set up and being able to pay for school and pay for lives and mm -hmm. being able to, you know, provide and whatever. It goes also to the wealth of the heart and the mind. And you're able to instill those family values that you learned playing barefoot basketball on the streets <laughs> of the Philippines yes. to where you will be and like where you're on your way to and this beautiful journey that you have, Paul. And so when you look at that, right? You, you look at being a missionary kid in the Philippines to now, what, 29, 28 years later? Tw 20, almost 29. Almost 29. Yeah. Almost 29. yeah. Um, but almost three decades later, and you're so much still at the prime of your life, you're still coming into your own. Um, and you see the, the, the path ahead. What is one word to describe that journey? at this point in time unexpected mm. most definitely it's when you live your life um and you live it as an adventure you don't really know what the next what's around the next bend you don't know what's coming around the next turn and you got to live a life that has opened for possibilities that you don't limit yourself and you don't put yourself in a box and say this is only what's going to happen for me. No, you got to say all these things are possible for me. I just got to go get it and go do it. Um, you got to live your life as an adventure because when it, when when you think of an adventure, you don't only really know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to pop out of the bushes. Like like you can deal with things better as they come at you, whether they're positive, whether they're negative. They always happen for you, not to you. And you can have such a huge and great, beautiful outcome. And the painting is continually being painted of your life. And when you're able to step back and look back at your painting, you can see, wow, all these things happen. I never expected them to happen, but it's coming together so beautifully. And that's just what I want to um, challenge all the listeners to do with life is live unexpectedly. Live an exciting life. And like previous people have said, go on the adventure, do the thing, you know, don't be afraid. Don't fear live in faith. That was Paul Cadavis on how to stay missional and how to create the life you dream for yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Method Supply Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite streaming service. That's all for now. But as always, we challenge you to find, live, and share your method today. See you next time.